The Luck Stops Here podcast with Scott Bowser is brought to you by mybookie.ag. Use promo code LSH for a 50% deposit bonus on your deposit up to $1,000. Visit their online casino, sportsbook, and racebook. Get in on the action. Pay out and pay in with the Bitcoin and crypto deposits, bonuses. It's a fantastic deal over there at mybookie.ag. You can even bet Colombian um, soccer deaths. That's right. Colombian soccer death betting over at mybookie.ag. This week's show, I, or, or today's show, I got one of my oldest friends in comedy. I'm so glad to have him on because he was on my old show, Scotty Mouth, which is no longer up anywhere. But give it up for my buddy, Ed Greer. Ed, how you doing, man? <laughs> dude i love 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 seeing you do ad reads we're all growing up now this is great yeah man look at, look at we're dude we're in our 40s we're doing it dude <laughs> living life man dude so dude how have you been i'm good i mean i was having some health problems recently i get my, all my i went through all my testing and i'm doing a lot better now because i've i uh been taking my diet serious now since then a few weeks ago because when we were first ed was originally scheduled the day i had to go to the emergency room with the chest pain so uh i'm glad that you're able to come on and i'm not dead or anything like that (laughs) (laughs) dude that'd be the worst because like dude me having to do like a hot six minutes at your funeral you know (laughs) (laughs) yeah i'd have you as a pallbearer dude Yeah, dude. As long as you give me an exoskeleton. Yeah. <laughs> no, yeah, man. Dude. Just yeah, give man. me an enema and I'll be like, no weight at all, dude, because I'm full of shit. Get it? <laughs> <laughs> dude, I'm, I'm really happy that you did survive. Yeah, I know. No. I think that goes without saying. No, I'm doing good, dude. Um, In fact, I just got a listener email today, and I like to read those because um, they're a lot of fun. So if you want to email the show and have your email read on the show, as long as it's not like, hey, I killed a guy in fucking Memphis once and got away with it. <laughs> Like, please email the show at the Luxups here podcast at gmail.com. Um, and I will read it up. Uh, here's from our man, Phil. Now, if you go back to episode 34 with my friend, Keith D'Souza, uh, this is one of our, my, the funniest episodes, I think, cause Phil sent us a story about going to a hot dog eating contest prelim. So he goes to a Mets game, right? In New York. And it turns out they're having like the preliminary event for the Nathan's hot dog eating contest and for the Coney Island thing. So you get to see not the pros that make it to Fourth of July, the big boy. You get to see the losers that show up, like the the early stages of American Idol auditions. And these guys are just puking and fucking all kinds of shit all over the place. And dude, there's there's all, and the funny thing is, you can always profile them. There's yeah. like big, there's like a big muscle guy. One of them, one of them's always a big muscle guy, and a lot of them are just big fat guys who think because they eat a lot they yeah eat a lot as a sport and they're just like you're not athletic to eat this much you fat fuck yeah <laughs> you know you're not athletic enough to eat this much. yeah your body can't burn off the calories it takes to be able to even eat that much like you gotta yeah. be dude um no it was a, it's a really funny story uh dude i guess there was a guy at that event like a, a disgraced former competitor that was screaming at people pervert pervert <laughs> <laughs> so that's a lot of fun but phil phil emailed in and he goes, laughing my ass off at the detailed glory hole discussions on the latest episodes. Um, <laughs> would be hilarious to conduct an interview through one. Just put the mic up to the actual hole. That's a real investigative journalism. Hope your health is good. Yes, health, Phil, I'm down 15 pounds. I'm feeling a lot better. Um, I get my test results in a couple of weeks. I'll be going over that on the show because I think I get them the day I am recording an episode. So, yeah. 
everybody stick around for that uh and speaking of glory holes ed um i got i gotta bring it up uh because this is this this email like putting them uh interview through a glory hole like so do you get one of those like skinny bob barker mics to make it funnier or do you get like a penis looking mic like uh, so you mean like like the old school? Yeah, I'm thinking like, like old school Bob Barker mic. I mean, I think that's the funniest, <laughs> right? Like to come through the hole, it's like it's not only is it, it's like a weird dick coming through time and a hole. Yeah, you know yeah I mean? it's like a time warp. <laughs> yeah, it's that's... like it's like oh, it's like a Twilight Zone. It's like this <laughs> this glory hole connects a really important uh, uh, showing that Bob Barker had. <laughs> Way oh. back in the days, and now oh. it connects them. Can you imagine? Like, see, now now we're thinking of glory holes on a whole nother level. I'm glad. <laughs> I didn't even think of them beyond another dimension, you know? Like, interdimensional glory holes, where one takes you back in time, yeah. and the other's in the modern day. So it's like some dude sticking his dick into a Price is Right set back in 1974. <laughs> <laughs> Somebody goes, one dollar. Like, you got it. <laughs> like, like, uh... Like some of the like the Planko balls keep going through the glory hole in the space time continuum. Yeah, dude, a Planko ball comes through like a, a hole while you're <laughs> taking a shit. Dude, I, I, I have had that, that experience. I have not been to a glory hole per se. Okay. I did have to take a fucking dump at a, a uh, like a rest stop, a straight up rest stop. It, yeah. it, I, I had to do, I would do anything to avoid this, but I couldn't. And there was a damn hole in the, the in the other stall like there was a hole like a, and it was like the size of a big cookie <laughs> you, you know, know what I mean? and uh and no nobody stuck their dick through there but i was thinking like i would rather a cobra come through this than a dick <laughs> 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 you know what i mean <laughs> oh awful. man you I, know what I mean i think there's like a whole like cuz i i remember uh, remember the whole larry craig incident yeah, with the wide stance or whatever. Yeah, it's like if it's like uh, there was like a signal in this Minneapolis uh, St. Paul bath uh, airport bathroom where uh, it's like if you tap your foot and the other person like swipes their hand under the stall, that means come over and uh, let, let's uh, do each other in the butt kind of stuff. <laughs> um, but I, my brother and I, we had a layover at that airport like two weeks before that happened and we used the bathroom in that so i i used that same exact bathroom Whoa. that larry craig got busted for busted in and like i'm just thinking of me my like because i was a the flight thank god the flight wasn't that long because like my i flew from uh indianapolis there and i had a layover there before i flew back to la and i was thinking like man if i was flying from like uh like boston or something on this one I'd be like having to piss so bad by now because I would be have drinking at the airport. I'd be like tapping my feet in the bathroom because I have to piss so bad. And next thing you know, some dude's trying to blow me. <laughs> Dude, I, I just that's the thing though. I was thinking about like not to switch subjects, but like going to the glory hole. That means there's this reality where everybody's trying to stick dicks through there. Okay, I and like this. I knew, I knew one of my buddies he was saying that he wasn't ever going to make it in music because everybody who ever made it in music did some like satanic gay ritual 
and Kevin Hart did it supposedly and Will Smith did it and all these different people. And he just made this whole thing up in his head about like the Illuminati indoctrinating you to being successful by making you do some gay satanic stuff. And I'm just like, dude, making it is so hard. Like, why are you making up dicks to dodge? Yeah. That's just so fucking weird to me. <laughs> you know what I mean? Making like, up dicks to dodge. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like, that's just making this scenario where, ah, I guess I'll never be successful because I don't want to take a dick. It's like, no, you're making up a reason that you don't risk they, yeah, trying to do anything. Yeah, you're not putting it all on the line or you don't you don't have the chops, whatever it is. Like, right. It's just crazy to me. Like I just, I just wanted to comment on that loser mentality getting sucked through the glory hole. <laughs> I did. I love it, dude. Like, crazy. like, man. The only reason why they won't put me up at the improv is I won't go to that glory hole over there. <laughs> right. Like that is some fucking dumbass fucking thinking, dude. Like, um, <laughs> dude. Like, uh, I, I love the fucking Illuminati conspiracy theory people though, cause like. First off, like like a lot of them, like I've seen some of them that like try to incorporate the clan into it. And it's like the clan is like a bunch of hillbilly like they're not that organized. Like the clan couldn't manipulate like like prices on the stock market, okay? <laughs> like they're not doing that, dude. Like that's now, yes, is there a shadowy like okay, now do elites stick together? Did they all go to the same schools growing up? Did they all grow up in the same neighborhoods? They'll go to the fucking same churches or whatever, you know? Yes. And that's why, like, but here's the thing is there's not some grand Illuminati grand conspiracy where they're all sitting around, like, plotting it, like on The Simpsons where it shows all the evil, like, the evil Republicans meetings where it's, like, mm -hmm. George George Bush, Mr. Burns, Mr. T. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Dude, I, I frankly loved all of that. Uh, I love the fact that people can, like, they don't understand that that's them taking back control of everything, right? That that's them, them themselves going, it's out of my hands. Yeah. I can't affect anything. because. So why even try? Anything. Yeah. That that's what, that's what they end up doing with that grand knowledge. You know what I'm saying? Even if that was the truth, you'd be like, okay, well, if this is a simulation, let's get some points. Let's get some experience <laughs> points on my simulation. Yeah, exactly. Like, well, and like the thing is too, is like, all these grand conspiracies, it's like, it's always the dumbest things they're trying to, like, that's all rigged as a part of it, you know, where it's like, this is connected right. to that. And it's like, okay, I, I, I'm a big fan of the Kennedy assassination, which you can check uh, out my, one of my breakdowns of on the Patreon. But, um, <laughs> but like, uh, I, I don't necessarily believe in every conspiracy theory because I believe in a few on that. You know, like, I believe in aliens too, but like, um, I mean, I think it's impossible to not think there's something out there, you know? I don't know if it's fucking, if it's all got smart enough intelligence to fucking completely manipulate our entire society yet. Maybe, right. you know, but, uh, but like, okay, here's something I don't believe is like, uh, you know, like the chemtrails are out to get us kind of shit where it's just like, dude, now you're just fucking, but I feel like a lot of conspiracy theorists, once they write one book, they have to now write one about, all right, I did my Kennedy one. Now I got to do my Aliens one. Now I got to do my Bigfoot one. <laughs> well, too, I mean, and the funny thing is, all the all the villainous moves are made right in front of our eyes. Yeah, because like Jeff Bezos and them just bought James Bond and all types of other franchises. Dude, they just bought the just casino here. Yeah, you know? I mean the MGM Grand. 
and now so now it's all just conglomerated up into Amazon. So like Amazon, Amazon presents is, the MGM Grand, dude. They're gonna fucking. Yeah. They're not gonna let the fucking lions that they have encaged there take a piss at any time. No, they're just gonna pop out of Amazon boxes. <laughs> yeah, dude. Oh. Yeah, we ship some lions to you, and they came oh. on time. <laughs> Nah, it's all a fucking disaster. But, <laughs> but yeah, like the the thing is, is these like the elites, so to speak, they don't need to like have a meeting, a sit down and figure <laughs> out what's best for the richest people on the planet. Right. <laughs> right. They know what's good for them and their friends. And they're just going to do that shit naturally. They don't have to have a big meeting. It doesn't have to be like Sopranos behind the pork store shit. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I mean, but that's the level that we think of it on. And like when when you really when you really see what they actually do, it's like drafting up, you know, big ass bills where there's just a bunch of stuff in there that like makes them billions of dollars and makes you poor. Yeah. And, and one stroke of the pen. It's not like a, I, I don't have a laser pointed at the White House. <laughs> I, I just bought James Bond. No, but <laughs> him, dude, like Elon Musk and Jeff Bezos at this point are just two Bond villains, like yeah. dueling to control the planet. And uh, our only hope is that they try to take each other out. <laughs> yeah, I know. And like, dude, we got to put them in some kind of big nerd contest against each other. <laughs> Like who's who's the more autistic dude kind of thing? Well, dude, I, all I, I know is <laughs> making money at that rate is like just a savant level skill, no matter how you slice it. Well, like there was one afternoon during the fucking uh, um, pandemic early on, I think, when Bezos made like four billion in just like three hours. <laughs> it's like, dude, how is that even possible? Like. <laughs> How could that much money flow? Like how how could you run a business that makes you that much money in that short of time without having to pay off way more to your employees? That's what I want to know. I mean, that that uh anti-union jazz that Yeah. Yeah, yeah any that, that, that's brutal, especially when they got robot dogs to break up the strikes. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you, dude. you have a strike and then a robot dog comes and kicks your sign through your chest. It's not like it was back in the 1930s when a bunch of toughs would show up with like wooden broom handles and fight it out in the streets. Like, right. Oh, God, dude. Um, hey, so I mentioned the, my old show, Scotty Mouth, at the beginning. And I don't know if you I think the greatest moment in the history of that show, because uh, this is I did the show like 10 years ago. Well, it was when I had you on and we called out the Kardashian sisters as the Huey, Dewey, and Louie of reality yes. television. Yes. Yes. That was, a, that was a peak comedic moment. It really was. And you know what, dude? Like, looking back, like, boy, did that age well. Because it's like they oh, really absolutely. they are really are the Huey, Dewey, and Louie. They're just rich fucking little ducks chasing Uncle Scrooge's fucking money bin around. Absolutely. Oh, I gotta, I gotta take one thing. I gotta grab something to drink. All right, no problem. Okay, let's see. Ed's going there. Um, I got other things that we're gonna talk about, so don't worry about that. But uh, yeah, like the Kardashian sisters, like really give off strong Ducktail vibes, where they're just ah, uh, I don't know. There, there's something about like uh, you like, I feel like uh, like Launchpad McQuack fits into the equation somewhere because you know they got their own private jet and like. Ah, uh, yeah, they got a. I'm sure they have a Gizmo Duck type equivalent, you know. Um, I forget the old lady that was the maid on Ducktales, what her name was. Um, Mrs. Uh, Belqueef or whatever. I don't know. Um, 
But uh, yeah, no, and like, and really, like, I used to think the Beagle Boys were the bad guys on Ducktales growing up. Turns out they're the good guys. They're just trying to get their piece of the pie, you know. Hey, so uh, well, Ed's back now, and I think he's gonna appreciate this uh, this little take here. Hey, dude. So, uh, um, I was just talking, going off about the ducktail stuff still. But growing up, I used to think the Beagle Boys were the bad guys on the show. Mm-hmm. But now it's like, no, Scrooge is just hoarding. Like he's he's literally one of these evil billionaires hoarding wealth in a giant mm-hmm. bin. Like it's the biggest. His money bin is the biggest ta- building in Duckburg by far. Like he's literally towering over the city with his car, with his cash. Yeah. And. Uh, yeah, who like, dude? Who's to blame these other people for like the Beagle Boys for trying to get a piece of it, dude? I mean, but it it just it shows it's just like how people have gotten so woke about Batman's villains, like oh they're all mentally ill and they're poor and this and that and the other, and it's just like that was never the point of any of those things. The point was to drive home, hey, if you hoard up a bunch of money and you and you had the skills to make a bunch of money, nobody gets to touch it. And if they do try to touch it, Batman will come and kick them in their face. Or the, or the Huey, Dewey, and Louie will come and construct a Rube Goldberg trap for them or whatever. <laughs> you know, anybody that tries to take your hard-earned, quote-unquote, yeah. uh, pillagings uh, will get dealt with by superheroes, cartoon heroes, cartoon kids, everybody will defend money you notice that like it's all like spider-man's True. always chasing a bank robber it ain't it, you know what i'm saying it's and it's not because they don't want to have them chase sex offenders there's so many other crimes that spider-man could intervene but it's always broke guy with mask bags of money getting punched <laughs> in the mouth by a dude in a costume you know what i mean yeah. they do it over and over and it's just to protect like hey Protect the money, baby. Fuck lives. Yeah. Anybody's lives. Blue lives, black yeah, lives, and it, money lives. Hey, because it's always like the, uh, like they'll be like threatening a building with the fucking big missile. And people will complain mm-hmm. about the property, the building. They won't complain about the people in the building. Nope. They'll go, no, we can't lose. Like it took 20 years to build that up to where it is. We can't, mm-hmm. we can't lose that, you know? And it's like, oh, fuck you. Like they, yeah, it's some real evil shit going on, dude. Like, uh... <laughs> <laughs> well, dude, it's, it's it's all this messaging, bro. I don't want to get conspiracy on you, but like, there's a lot of messaging, bro. Yeah, no, lot, totally. You know, and also just, I was looking at like uh, how much being a billionaire was part of being a super dude, like because the people in the '30s were just like being a millionaire is like being a spaceman or anything yeah it's the best so it's a great leaping off point for like doing whatever you want to do because you're so rich and that just became a great the green arrow was a billionaire like why would green arrow have to be a billionaire he's like got arrows you know what i mean like yeah but they put that in there for no reason you know it's just like why do they keep pounding this thing home that like these people with a bunch of money would do stuff for people why would you keep trying to pound that home and you know anytime it's like a quote-unquote normal person that's a superhero it's not. It's a non-billionaire. Where like you have Batman, Iron Man, Green Lantern, like all these billionaire superheroes. But then like the quote-unquote average, like Peter Parker, literally has to get bit by a fucking radioactive spider in a lab experiment. Like, mm-hmm. um, like Bruce, but like he has to be part of the elite, or like like a, or he has to be somebody to be in that lab to begin with. Well, yeah, he's he's got to be like interested. I guess he's in chemistry class or something, or like bio something yeah some sort of uh shit where they would oh some sort of but what schools like fucking possibly doing a spider-man thing man 
Yeah, yeah, dude. Well, and like, a, like in, in the original, it was like they were on like a field trip, and like a spider got in this radio magnetron or whatever the hell. It yeah, got, like radioactive and all that jazz. But yeah, to your point, he has to be in school. He has to be studious. He has to be on the right track as a young man and downtrodden, and then get bit by a spider. Yeah, and that's the the thing that puts it all together. Like that's yeah. why I always love Punisher so much. Man, it's so funny how how. And I'll, I'll say it just to to be shitty about it. The, sure, the, uh, pot, the yeah, problem, the the so-called pro- the problem, the so-called problematic nature of the Punisher. When I was a kid, the Punisher was the one I could relate to the most because he was like, I, I don't recall them always having him be like a policeman. He was like the whole point of it was he was a thousand times better than the police. Yeah, that was yes. the whole point, dude. Like the old Punisher war journals were incredible, dude. Right. And because it's like, this is the guy who went to Nam, man. Like, this is the right. guy who saw some shit in Nam. And now he's coming back and like his life got fucked over to the point where it's like he just wants to do the right thing. Really? Dude, and, and I'll do you, I'll do you uh, not one better, but one also. It's the whole point of the Punisher. I, have, I think I've told people this before, but like the whole point of it is I don't deserve a life anymore i had a life and yeah. now it's gone and i don't really deserve a life anymore but as long as i'm gonna live i have to serve my penance and that is to go stop people from doing this to other people and to proactively engage high value targets that could kill me and emerge victorious and go do it over again that is the point. He's not busting dime bag dudes on this trip. No. He's not shaking people down. He's not trying to go up criminal networks. Dude. He understands the top of them, and he shoots them in their head after taking out a bunch of their dudes he, to dude, get up there. You know what he's he reminds me of a lot of in like contemporary like TV. Well, I guess it's not so much contemporary anymore, but like he's like Omar Little from The Wire. Yeah, he's more like that than any of this cop bullshit. And that's what I'm talking about. Like the, the fact that he got co-opted by cops and thusly co-opted by right wingers and thusly pushed into this whole thing of like, he only kills minorities and stuff, which is not true. He shot a bunch of Italians. Yeah. <laughs> he, shot, he shot those WAPs up. <laughs> you know? And so that, that all that's fine. Uh, and he shot a bunch of Polish people who were slavers. He shot a bunch of people yeah, to, to my recollection. So the Punisher went after people again who could kill him big big people with armies around them and he would go wade through them like fucking rambo it's like watching a continuous rambo movie yeah dude. and it was and, and, but but and he wasn't like fighting for like status quo the status quo is already broken so now he's fighting for just a tiny nip of justice after these people have committed crimes that he can prove that's another thing he didn't just roll up on people and say you look bad and start shooting them like a certain group of motherfuckers i know <laughs> he 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 had so much evidence before he would shoot anybody he had he, he would and the cutters war journal shit was about gathering all that stuff yeah yeah and, and the the books the books were by elliot r brown where the, he would write these essays about how he was thinking before he went in to go do some shit and what equipment he was about to use and all this shit mm-hmm. they really got into the psyche of this dude as a fucking crime technician 
Yeah. Like he would come in and assassinate these fools. He would, he would make like Thermopylae type shit, like burn the house down and all the fucking Italians is coming down the steps in the front and he's just mowing them down with the M60. Yeah, and there's no other way to get out because everything else is burning. So they got to come through from a fire into this fire. That's the only choice you got, bitch. And it's just like just high quality murders of mass groups of people who totally deserved it. Oh boy, I was down for that as a team. Yeah, same with team here, dude. Like you, Punisher comics my favorite, and ba- and Batman was right there too. But like, I liked them both because they didn't have actual powers. But to me, I yeah, mm-hmm. like dude, Punisher was more relatable because the thing mm-hmm. is, is Batman's still a billionaire. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean the fact that Punisher took money from the drug dudes and bought weapons and stuff. Yeah, you never ever lived. No, you never saw a comic where Punisher was just vacationing. He was always on a mission always doing something yeah and and that was just his nature he couldn't stop doing stuff and even you know some comic books would be like yeah microchip told me to go have a vacation then i found a crime ring in hawaii and i gotta take him down yeah 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 i was trying to enjoy my my vacation <laughs> just for once but no i gotta get involved with Dwayne chapman aka dog the bounty hunter <laughs> go bust up some ice heads and if he calls me bro one more time, I'm gonna let I'm loose gonna this shoot browning. this mullet head right in the fucking right right between the goddamn part where it turns from blonde to brown. I will fucking shoot you. Right on the border. Right on the, on the border of his fucking on the border of his temple. I will fucking gun him down. Oh man. See, we need to write our own Punisher graphic novel, dude. This would rip. Just him. Oh, it just involves him killing. Dog. It's him going on vacation in Hawaii and killing Dog the Bounty Hunter. Because <laughs> it, I mean, it turns out he's the biggest trafficker. That's why he he has a TV show to go bust people. It's like a character based on him, right? It's not Dog right. the Bounty Hunter, but the character based on him. So he's got a TV show where he goes around busting meth heads, doing his bounty hunter shit. But the whole reason is, it's a whole thing as a front, so he can fucking <laughs> take over these guys' territories. Like, uh, oh, no spoilers, but uh, L.A. Confidential, you know, like the fucking main big cop of the city turned out to be kind of the bad guy. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, and I, 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 I actually love that. I actually think I'm going to write a screenplay that does that and try to hide it until the very end and be like, ah, sucker, I got you with this well, again. Yeah, and I think it's okay because that movie's over 20 years old. Here's another one with the craziest uh, plot twist, Chinatown. Yeah, yeah. Like yeah. the ending of Chinatown, uh, spoiler alert, the chick's lover is her dad. Oh, oh. <laughs> and they've been scheming this whole fucking thing. The um, father-daughter lover combo has been scheming this whole thing ever. May, maybe one of the greatest twist endings ever. Dude. And not ironically, Roman Polanski. Roman Polanski directed <laughs> that. Yes. Not, not ironically. ironically. <laughs> <laughs> Very, I don't know how much we need to stress, not ironically, Roman Polanski <laughs> directed like, that. Like, literally, Roman Polanski was the guy for that one. But it is like Pete Nicholson, so I would recommend it. Uh, no, it is, it, it's a good movie, uh, yeah. no question. You know what I rewatched, uh, again, I haven't seen in years, and I'd only seen like once before, but uh, Casablanca, man. Oh, man, man. God, it's so good. Well, at Casablanca, uh, I, I don't want to hammer this point to the ground, but it is like an average movie of the time done really well. So it outlasted all the rest of them that were more or less like that 
people going different places, having little speeches stuff. The, st- the stuff that motivates people in that movie, the Swiss watch nature of it. Yeah. It's like really classic. You know what I mean? And it had a billion screenwriters and they all, it's one of the few great, great, great movies with a bunch of screenwriters and them just kind of laying down track right before the train comes and just sort of getting the movie done and recutting it and doing this and that. And it's a masterpiece. Yeah, no. And like, I mean, just the whole story of like, cause it's, it's like the, I don't know. It's like the, one of the most brutal love stories of all time. Mm-hmm. Like, and if you're not familiar with it, it's basically Bogart runs this club that's in occupied territory, but the Nazis let him get away with his shit. Mm-hmm. And he's not trying to make any waves. And uh, his ex comes through and he's all stoked, but she's with the new dude. And it basically comes down to like, hey, he could be back with her and throw this guy to the wolves, so to speak. Mm-hmm. Or he can do the right thing and help them get 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 free to America and stuff. So. Dude, he loves that broad so much. He's willing to let her get railed by this loser, brah. <laughs> <laughs> this is my bro take on Casablanca. All right, <laughs> dude. I don't know why he's letting that dude p- pound his trim. Okay, but <laughs> <laughs> it's disgusting, brah. <laughs> bro, uh, it's totally not cool that Bogey let her get boned by some dude, brah. <laughs> Just getting resistance railed <laughs> by this guy. <laughs> but yeah, dude. So uh I just really think uh yeah, that that's a good movie. Dude, what it, dude, do have you ever t- thought about your real in the moment top real top five movies? Where yeah, I've been thinking about it a lot lately, actually. All right, what's your what's what's five for you? Oh, okay. I um, mean, I don't want to put you on the spot. I just ha- I have my grouping. Go go for go through they are. My my grouping is uh fucking boogie nights <laughs> that's sorry, in mine that's, that's in mine yes yeah but that fucking thing craft wise is just it's amazing it's Every, perfect everybody's doing what they need to do to Every me that's the sequel to goodfellas we all wanted so to speak mm, so exactly. in, in my top five yeah i got boogie nights i got goodfellas mm-hmm. um i got raiders lost ark i think that's a perfect movie i, I think we've talked about this mm-hmm. before mm-hmm. um but yeah i think that's like because what's cool about raiders is the hero is never winning the battle. Yeah. Yeah. I dig that. I dig I dig all the movies where the hero is just sort of hanging on. You know what I watched the other day that is almost in that tradition? Um, speed. Yeah. Speed is almost in that tradition of just like, it's obviously Die Hard on a Bus, as people have said ad nauseum. But being that, everybody did a great job on that freaking thing. Yeah. No, it's a good one. Dude, you know what though? It's like, remember how they're like, People were so hot coming off that. I just you know what I just watched was a time to kill. Oh boy! Oh, yeah. That, that oh man! <laughs> oh, I hope they burn in hell. <laughs> Samuel oh, L. is great in that, but like, dude, dude. yeah, that, that's yeah. kind of that's a rough watch now, dude. I watched it a few weeks ago. I was like, Oof. Oh, <laughs> yeah. well, dude, it's it's so funny to see everybody try to like. uh articulate these feelings in hollywoodies yeah (laughs) no yeah because it's like they're trying they're they're trying so it's to me it's the classic like empty liberal approach of like trying to say the right thing do the right thing but then actually doing nothing about it like it's it's the classic like nancy pelosi wearing a kenta cloth 
<laughs> Dude, that's a lot of that shit. Did you see that Twitter feed where like some people were like, uh, they put up this thing of of like George Floyd's uh, daughter being let into the White House by like a super military guard or whatever, and uh, and somebody under it was like, look at this little girl. She doesn't even know how special this is. She probably calls Joe Biden Papa Joe or some shit like that. And then people just lit that person up under the thing. Like, what the fuck kind of fantasy bullshit? Are yeah. you infantilism all this kind of shit and i'm just thinking like i think the we're getting a little bit like that like where everybody has to have a take which means everybody else has to have a take on that take which means other people have to have a take, take on, on a take. take you know what i mean and it's like that is that's fucking society up bro and, but at the same time i know why would I stop everybody from getting their take out there? Maybe there's some people who, when they get their take out there, they don't take out. To me, make your takes funny. That's what I'm trying to do. Right. <laughs> you know, like have some fun with it. You know, uh, like do well, like what the whole like Hinchcliffe thing. Like uh, that's actually how glory hole or glory holding really became a thing lately on this show. It's when the Hinchcliffe <laughs> thing blew up. I was telling my buddy Zach who was on. I was like, dude. um, like you got to be clever, like dude. If you're a comic, you can't just you can't use slurs. Come on, that's not funny. It's just not well, funny. I mean, you know, it's just the the present the presentation of all of these fucking ideas is very important. Yeah, but like uh, I think wait, where we were on, we were on uh, we we're on the you uh, said I think I think casino might be on mine. Oh, the top five. Yeah, <laughs> I, I think it, I think it might, and it's not just being contrarian because I think. Goodfellas is probably in my top five, edging out something super great that I should supposedly put in there. But I love Scorsese, and I think that's part of the reason why I love Boogie Nights. I kind of love how he communicates through film. I just really like it. Yeah. And uh, so, but like Casino to me is so fucking operatic, dude. It's like, it's like big. And it, yeah. it's not just long. It's not just long. It's big. It's expansive. It's trying to tell you so much more. there's hundreds of extras in every scene like every shot's you know? massive dude you're right you know what i mean and it's trying to tell you so much more story as well it's not just fucking you know uh uh dude i mean they could have done an commandments you could you do know? an entire casino prequel movie just based on all those mm -hmm. mob bosses mm -hmm. the kansas city mm -hmm. boss the milwaukee boss the detroit boss the chicago boss mm -hmm. like you just did a movie on those bosses like a prequel about how those guys all rose up to be the ones that control Las Vegas. Mm -hmm. That's a good movie right there. Absolutely. And a lot of that would take place in my hometown of Kansas City. In Kansas City, yeah. Or like the Italian market where they had the bug. Like that's all. Uh... Mm -hmm. Dude, dude, and I that's... guess I read, I read the book. Dude, I don't know if you've ever read the, the book about Casino. I'm reading I'm rereading the Goodfellas book right now, which is fantastic. Wise guy. Dude, uh, my man Pelleggi, right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, I really love how i did look at the uh, tony spilotro that's the dude's name yeah name. yeah anthony spilotro yep. I, I looked at that book uh the casino book yeah but uh i haven't read the goodfellas book um what i love about the casino book is how like the dude like basically ran that like like these guys that were these mob bosses like were calling the shots on these casinos while wearing a windbreaker and making pizzas in some fucking little mm -hmm. joint dude. Mm -hmm. <laughs> like mm -hmm. it wasn't the glamorous like tuxedoed out godfather shit you're used to 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, because they couldn't be that because they would lose it instantly. Like yeah. the lower you are on the crime totem pole, the more flashy you think you have to be, looking like a fucking John Wick villain and shit. <laughs> like watch the Sopranos. Uncle Junior's wearing cardigans and fucking old like. Dude, look at Bill Gates. Yeah. <laughs> that motherfucker's got zero. Look at Warren Buffett, dude. He wears fucking Sears suits. Dude, if you see a guy with zero swag, just know he could snap his fingers and kill you. Okay. So, oh, yeah. I'm going to go Raiders, Boogie Nights, Goodfellas. Casino's closer to me. Uh, I'm going Godfather 2. Mm, but you know what? I kind of think of Godfather 1 and Godfather 2 as like all one movie in a way, weird way. Yeah, no, I, I think that too. I mean, honestly, bro, Aliens is in mine. I I'll take it. And I might go Lebowski. A, a sequel. I might go Lebowski for my next one too, for my fifth. Dude. I think I'm going Lebowski for my fifth. I you know what's funny? I I was I'm I'm a little bit close on Lebowski just because you can watch it so many damn times. Yep. But I have a slot set aside for a movie that you can watch a billion times and it doesn't matter. And that's Jackie Brown to me. I, I know that might be. I just rewatched it a couple of weeks ago, and you're right. That shit is fucking great. It's, it, just, it's watchable. It's so fucking watchable. So many of these so-called great movies are so fucking grating that you couldn't like watch it like more than like a time, a year, or something like that. Well, dude, and like I just think a really great movie. You could watch that motherfucker a bunch. I've been thinking about this a lot lately, and I think I've talked about it on the show a little. But like, I've been talking about it a lot with my friends at work, where it's just like, dude. They don't make like dope 50 to like 80 million dollar movies anymore. That's true. You know what John Wick hit like a bomb. Yeah, dude. Like, dude, exactly. Because that was a classic mid range budget movie with Mm -hmm. fucking dope scenes. Dope. Mm -hmm. Like, dude, it's it's just badass shit. Mm -hmm. (laughs) That's what we want to see. (laughs) Totally stripped down. Yeah, dude. Like, no, dude, you're right. That's a perfect example of it. Of, uh, and, and that's why it was so super popular because I've seen so many tries at doing some stuff like that. And it's just, it's really hard to get a character to stick. You know what I mean? Like yeah. a new character. Because well, like, really like hard. I don't know. It feels like, okay, it seems to me like if you're a big time, if you're Robert De Niro now, right? And you've been a, on top forever and you're still, you're still being nominated for awards and stuff here and there. Like mm-hmm. you're either doing the Joker or like big tentpole movies that are going to make a billion dollars where you got a small part in those or whatever, Mm -hmm. or you're doing some indie silver linings playbook bullshit. that's made for like (laughs) fucking 15 million. You take a pay cut just so you can go fucking to an award ceremony. Yeah. Well, what was up with some of those like, uh, mid rangers that him and, uh, Al Pacino started doing those like kind of, red boxy joints that they started doing for a while <laughs> like righteous you know kill what was up with the, with that period that was a weird fucking period in his yeah life. i think they like just the greatest actors in your netflix and red box well i was like, dude okay when charles groden died uh him and de niro on midnight run i watched that when groden died mm-hmm. and i was thinking like dude they don't make movies like this anymore like like mm-hmm. a good mid-budget action comedy like uh i'm thinking like bulletproof dude with damon wayne's and adam Sandler. you get Dude, give me even that, yeah. Dude, give me two solid like up and coming comedic actors. With we're gonna blow some cars up. We're gonna have some fucking fun shootout scenes or whatever. Like I, I don't know, man. Like, well, maybe maybe the closest you would say to something like that is like a Stuber or something like that. But even 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 like, there's I don't know. Every time that they try to make 
a movie that's like a new type of movie, I get excited. Yeah. You know what I mean? Oh, Just yeah. Like, you know, and even if there's little tweaks, like, I mean, I really like The Nice Guys. It's not quite, it's not in my top five, but The Nice Guys is a good movie. I like that movie. That's good. Uh, I that's like a, The Purge movies. You know, I, I really think they're interesting, and I really am so glad that they started at least trying to tackle some of the, like, well, yeah, you want to have a purge night because you got like a giant uh, uh, Apache helicopter yeah. to go purge with. Of course you would. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Of course you want to do this. <laughs> Dude, I'm, I got a slingshot, bro. Dude, this is David Goliath. <laughs> this is fucking very biblical, dude. Like, Right, right. No, and like, uh, but see, I like that the first purge where it's like, they're like, like we said, strip it down, dude. They made it super cheap. And it was it, it made and it made a lot of it made enough money to keep making sequels that were like mid budget films. Oh, absolutely, dude, and that's the whole point. Like uh, being able to subtly graduate how much money they're willing to spend on these things. Because I you think the I mean? second one might be the best of that. The first one's dope, where it's like it just uh, you never seen it. Just uh, the guy who's like the, in charge of the in a fancy like gated community. The dude, and it's a gated community, is very nice during purge season. Oh, <laughs> boy. Excellent. Um, but, like, he sells everybody their security systems kind of thing. Yep. yep. And yep. Uh, it causes him, and he's got the biggest, nicest house in the neighborhood because of it. Because the purge has made him fucking rich. Like, beyond belief. Dude, this it, is probably giving away a billion-dollar idea, but here goes. The way you flip the fucking uh, purge or anything like that is the guy who gave everybody their security systems knows exactly how to get in your house and kill you. And he's there's Ooh. there's a night where he comes and does that. What if he did it through glory holes? Because I'm working on my script for the glory <laughs> hole killer. He's gonna be the glory hole killer. He's gonna fucking cut, you know, fucking rip dicks off, and dude, he's, gonna he's gonna put gonna parasites up pee holes that people don't even see, and it kills dude, them two gonna, days later. He's gonna throw your dick through time. <laughs> yeah, he's gonna throw, <laughs> throw your dick into another dimension. <laughs> so it's gonna be wild, man. Dude, your, your dick's gonna get snapped up like one of those Dune sandworms. <laughs> see, <laughs> I like the second purge where like they fucking have to run across the city. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. I like I like anything where you got a mission. Yeah, like you're trying to get from point A, point B. And mm-hmm. There's gonna be a bunch of shit that goes down. Because the first purge was cool. They're just in this house, and you got to hold off these intruders for a night, kind of thing. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. then the second one, it's like, nah, fuck that. You don't have a safe spot, dude. You think you do? Like, because like when they go to the second one, like they go to like a family member's house for like it's supposed to be a safe party, and everyone's just hanging out drinking. Cause a lot of people just have purge parties. Where they know, mm-hmm. hey, we're gonna we, we're middle class enough to where we'll be safe. No one's gonna fuck with us. It's either the it's the super rich killing the super poor. We'll be okay, mm-hmm. and we, we're just gonna turn the other way and get drunk tonight. But it's just like the one chick fucking kills her fucking husband because he found out he's cheating on her, cheating on her with the mm-hmm. sister or whatever. And, mm-hmm. and all of a sudden, you think you're at the safe spot, and it's not because it's purge night. People can get away with murder. Yep. But then you find out like. What is it? I think it's the third. I don't know. I think it's the end of the second one where it's like, dude, how they have those like crazy, like people, like old people selling themselves to be murdered so their families uh, could be hooked yeah. up. Dude, that shit, honestly, that was like some like uh, a severe commentary on reverse mortgages. <laughs> <laughs> you know that was I mean? an indictment on William Devaney. <laughs> 
And fucking Tom Selleck and whoever else fucking sells those piles of garbage. Oh, dude, that's such a good call. <laughs> you know what I mean? You can just like, I'll fuck my whole life up and my legacy just yeah. to give you some little money. Just to give you a little dear money. <laughs> bye bye. I'm only gonna be I'm only gonna be like tight like Matthew Shepard to a bumper and drug around the countryside or some oh, shit. Like, dude. Jesus. Like it, oh God. That, that that type of shit where it's like any sort of honestly i think that's one thing in movies like any sort of sheep death makes me sick like anybody that like is like the death is coming and they're like looking at the death and they cut back to the person who's bringing the death and they cut to the person about to be killed and that person's just got nothing just like it's like you get thrown up on stage or the three minute mic yeah got nothing <laughs> it's like I, I almost hate that you know what i mean like yeah. i literally hate that you got nothing and then they get killed and i'm just like I fucking hate that. So like movies that like depict that, that's a way to get my goat. If a character like goes out like that, man, oh, that really gets my goat, man. And 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 certain sorts of stabbings, like intimate stabbings and throat slittings, some of them look real enough to make me a bit disturbed. Well, and what's the third one of the purge? I think it's the one where uh, have you seen them all? Uh, I think I've seen parts of the. Okay, third. Isn't, isn't the third about the, the the lady's like a president or something? She's running for president. Yeah, she's like a senator running on an anti-purge platform that's very popular mm-hmm. amongst mm-hmm. almost all people except the rich. And right. the guy they want to kill her on 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 isn't Frank Grillo up in that, in that bitch? Yeah, because the, the he was the hero cop in the uh, ex cop in, in the, the second, second one, one. Mm-hmm. and he plays like her head of security in the third one, like mm-hmm. like. And then, uh, I mean, yeah, of course they have a, have a hero cop in the second one. They couldn't just be like vigilante justice like the first one where they save yeah. a homeless black guy, veteran black guy. That's part of the cool thing about like the whole reason why they let that happen or the whole thing. The first one happens is that homeless uh, like veteran dude, like they the, these people know that he's hiding in their garage. And if they just give him him, they'll, they'll leave them alone, you right. know, but they're right. like, hey, we actually are going to have some morals about this. No, you're not going to come in here. Like, right but in the third one that happens and in the first the fourth one i don't know if you see dude this one's pretty badass where it's like dude like the staten island one where it's the first purge uh, yeah 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 and, they, and they're kind of like just trying to it's almost like a, a, a american tech attack the block yeah with like with like purge people and like uh dude these guys are like what well, like they're like drug traffickers that like it's like the the, the local drug syndicate realizes hey we're the only pe- thing that'll keep people safe during the purge like the government is mm-hmm. it's like they they realize it's like oh my god that's the government sending troops here to and like all these things are peaceful everybody's just partying for this whole this event and mm-hmm. it's the government coming in here trying to murder people off kind of thing yeah just to liquidate uh dude uh and again i think that's a severe uh commentary on a lot of shit that we do yeah <laughs> you know oh I mean? definitely well, it's like how Charlie Brooker stopped making uh, Black Mirror episodes because he's like, dude, we've, society's caught up to this bullshit futuristic show I fucking made. <laughs> I mean, uh, a lot of the uh, the shit about the, the I think the best episode of that thing. There's so many episodes I want to I don't want to say best, but the one that stuck out of my mind, and it probably is because I like Star Trek, but the one where like that guy had a whole Star Trek like like a, a Mass Effect multiplayer game. Yeah, the Jesse world. Plemons one. Yeah, I mean, I just thought that that was such an amazing piece and it was really it really was a commentary on like some of these guys that arranged their whole life to where they can get their way instead of trying to like stand up for themselves in real life and that makes some sort of psychosis 
You know what I mean? Yeah. That makes you kind of a bad person. That was one of the last times I felt like Black Mirror was making a real like stand. I mean, and then there was that episode that it wasn't a very good episode, but like a like a toaster sized dog robot chased this lady for about 40 minutes in one of the episodes. Yeah, it yeah. wasn't very moving. It wasn't very like, oh, what a good commentary. But then like you see the freaking robot dogs at Amazon, you're just like, yeah, man, that. <laughs> could literally happen and then all of a sudden charlie booker doesn't look like a genius he's already a genius he's already sold lots of shows he's already rich but like yeah they could just put a nine on that thing it just blasts us up like yeah. really just, 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 them, they just want. You. yeah you know what i mean it's just really humbling it's like yeah i love jeff bezos you know what i mean it's yeah. almost to that to that level Man, every big corporations are good you know what i mean <laughs> <laughs> doing ad rates for doing ad reads for slavery yeah, oh, dude. <laughs> like busting up unions in the ad breaks hey guys you don't want to be a union what's that movie confederate confederate states of america oh yeah fucking uh kevin kevin wilmot i literally i don't know that guy i have met that guy a couple times okay. and he's a really cool dude but yeah uh, uh kevin wilmot yeah confederate states of america did spike lee produce that uh yes yeah or it's like it's like a whole like documentary kind of thing if the if the civil war turned out differently but it basically shows it through fucking advertising which is far more terrifying mm -hmm. seeing Absolutely. slavery commercials dude, <laughs> dude like in any and like just to to realize that honestly packaging fucked up shit is what we do as a society yes. and we just do it better and better and better the more we Try it, you know. What I mean, <laughs> look know? how look how long they were able to fucking get away with advertising cigarettes. Yeah, man. Like, dude, they uh, they used to run cigarette commercials during cartoons at one point. I mean, uh, dude, people smoked a lot. I I really still think smoking is looks cool, and <laughs> I, I, th I hope that I'm the last generation that got you know bamboozled in that way. Yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah, I think the younger kids all hate it. And also, vaping's become the big thing. Yeah, I think that's just another way for them to get you, man. It's the, it's the, yeah. it's a hydra. It's like, I won't suck on this hydra tentacle. I'll suck on this hydra tentacle. Yeah, you know what I mean? Same, yeah, it's the same guy. Like, yeah. <laughs> Dude, no, like, oh, man. Hey, so what uh, superhero do you think is the biggest degenerate? Uh, that's... That's a big question, man. There's a lot. There's a but lot okay, which one do you think is most likely to like come to Vegas and and drop eighty five percent of what they have? I'm not gonna say like a lot, a, a certain dollar amount, because some of these guys are billionaires, like we said. So, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. huh? Like take everything that they have and fucking. Well, I, I know. I mean, the the real short answer is drunk Tony Stark would really just be up in there. That yeah. Would be his, okay. That that was that's his jam. So that's too easy. Uh, somebody that isn't somebody you would think isn't that much of a degen, but they kind of are. That's an interesting question. Yeah, I thought I went earlier. I was like, who's the biggest like comic degen? And I mean, you can go with villains too, because I think there's that like. Oh yeah, dude. I, I, you know what? I think, uh, I think Doctor Doom would fucking would be because, <laughs> like, because, like, dude, if he lost it all, he would just like burn your fucking face off. <laughs> yeah. <dude. laughs> but no, I mean, even if it was like a, even if there was like a consequence, like they had a, that Reed Richards was there to make sure he got the, he gave up the money, and got the fuck out of the casino. 
uh i think he would still do it because he really believes in himself man dr doom really believes in himself that's true confidence can be a curse uh you know i i like to think uh in film at least i think the best uh like comic book movie portrayal of a villain or of a degen villain or hero danny devito's penguin uh yeah well he hedged his bets pretty good he put that fucking thing on the bottom of the batmobile he was like yeah. <laughs> he's like even if that motherfucker gets free i'll be able to drive his batmobile to fuck him up yep dude uh no he dude but he was just more like I'm talking just full degen living of dude. He's living at the old zoo. <laughs> <laughs> like, hey, I just think that's a great use of space. I think he he I like, mean, saw that an undervalued property. He's hanging and, out with a bunch of carnies, <laughs> dude, and like literal penguins. Like I've never really. I, I'm not gonna work on the logistics of how he got all these penguins. I think some of them came from the zoo, and they broke. He broke some. Brought he brought some more. Maybe they fucked and made more penguins. I don't know. Yeah. He seemed to have a good uh, assortment of penguins. Yeah, no, they seem to really like him. I guess, I guess they never left uh, the old and they, and they loved ordnance. All the penguins loved to be strapped with bombs and guns. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All these penguins are playing Metal Gear Solid against fucking... Yeah, where are you at on those penguins, Illuminati conspiracy theorists? <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, they'll just put them on those dogs that deliver packages, or, or the fucking Dominoes, the, those Dominoes delivery cars that are little. <laughs> just put two mini guns on that shit. Uh, and send it through the hood. Yeah, dude, just two like three sixty like rotor guns, so they don't have to worry about taking a driver's head off. <laughs> yep, I used to send that shit as a drone in there. It doesn't even have to have anybody in it. Yeah, no, just drone it up, man. Drone strikes for days. Imagine where we <laughs> for days. <laughs> Imagine, uh, uh, I think that's gonna be the name of the episode. <laughs> <laughs> <Just right> for days. <laughs> like, dude, but like, I, it's so funny, like how like drone strikes have become a thing in our life. Could you imagine that when we were kids? Like, think about that. Like when we were kids watching Rambo movies and stuff like that, mm-hmm. and fucking P- Predator. When we're watching Predator, imagine how easy, dude. If nowadays <laughs> Predator's not that good of a plot, because it's like, well, no, they would just send in a couple of drones. They would just keep sending wave after wave of drones against the Predator. <laughs> they wouldn't risk human life. Yeah, they wouldn't have yeah. to put together a crack team of elites. Like, the, like, yeah, yeah. But but what if they wanted to capture them? So they could make it. I mean, that's the thing that always pisses me off about any of these movies. Uh, no spoilers, but a lot of uh, Army of the Dead has a little bit of that military zombie aesthetic you know what i mean like yeah the military wants to make some zombies because da, 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 da. and it's just like you can't control your own soldiers like it's like when people try to civilize dinosaurs for combat it's just like if you can't trust a soldier to not eat another soldier you don't have an army asshole yeah like the, all the, the whole thing on game of thrones kind of the whole army of the dead thing was kind of it ended up being the bunkus storyline of the whole thing. Well, because they built it up too much. Like a, 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 an undead horde of zombies is interesting, I guess. But how do they? How do they sustain these numbers? How do they sustain themselves besides dark magic? Yeah. Like what? I I just it's it's a lot of suspension of disbelief. Well, and they the thing, just, what thing with the Game of Thrones on that too is just like they always made it seem like that's the real enemy, and the the war for the crowns. That's not the real enemy. The real enemy. So. 
I would have done it in reverse. I would have had him blow up King's Landing first, and then it's they got to go fight the Night King after all that. When things are in shambles, leadership's a mess because people are arguing over how things were handled. Like I think there there's more potential for drama there, and it's more like I don't know. No, I, I think that's a I think that's a good call, but. I mean, just like I you know, uh, it's funny. I just saw your post about how don't be one of those nerds that fucking <laughs> tries to rewrite other people's shit, make your own shit. And here I am on my show being one of those nerds trying to rewrite no, someone dude, else's shit. I just, I just wanted to have an addendum on that shit where I was just like, and obviously that was the whole point where I put YouTube creation or whatever. Like, <laughs> if if you're if you're creating something for people to like listen to or do something, I think you get a little bit of a pass. But it's just like, I think when people just like sit down and they would get their Twitter figures together to be like, this sucks. Like today, yeah. Marvel movies sucked all day to today. And I'm telling that I, I emphasize the way I said that today, Marvel movies sucked all day. And tomorrow it's going to be something, different. something, it's different, always it's something different. It's always something different. It's not nothing sticks. And it, they're all these like fake furors like some one guy said marvel movie sucked and then everybody on twitter is alerted to it i don't believe in dicks to dodge uh you know but i do glory holes in space oh this is the next movie (laughs) second movie the glory hole killer in space this is gonna be a franchise i'm telling you dude a cthulhu a cthulhu uh tentacle comes through the uh, the other verse into the glory hole grabs your dick yanks you into the (laughs) yanks you to another dimension oh dude see it's like stargate with glory hole yeah yeah you're you're fucking a statue of horus yeah (laughs) on an fucking some old fucking egyptian statue out of nowhere dude Dude, your dick, your dick is in a crevice. Dude, sand in your dick hole from another dimension. Oh man, man, <laughs> how do you, how do you explain that to the missus? <laughs> you go to the doctor to be like, it seems like you have some kind of microbe. In you here. have uh, my medical book can't even figure out this right? ancient thing growing in your dick. Dude, and now you got to go through the through the fucking glory hole to like go to a glory hole doctor. You got to go to a glory <laughs> hole doctor, and they they put you in like the man in the uh the bu- plastic bubble fucking like room, and it, <laughs> so you're now again living through a glory hole. But like, it's doctors reaching their hand through the hole <laughs> to grab your dick with like rubber gloves, <laughs> like in, like in wearing hazmat suits with your dick. It's like I'm not a miracle worker. I'm an interdimensional dick doctor. <laughs> <laughs> dude, that's a, a hell of a fucking uh, description, dude. Is a uh, fucking interdimensional dick doctor, like like that, dude. That's a fucking uh, show I'd watch. Like starring uh, Elliot Gould is you know fucking Bob Labanowitz, just exactly. interdimensional dick doctor. <laughs> All types of dicks just coming through holes. No, I'm trying to think of someone I can do an impression of. I can do John Hamm. That's my impression right now. I'm doing so. My name is John Hamm. I'm an interdimensional dick doctor. (laughs) How do you sell a dick doctor? Well, people need their dick doctor. That's why Coca Cola. Dude, I'm telling you, and the the great part about uh, looking at a world through advertising, it really is a good way. I love it still 
to yeah. like show like uh, uh, the world, like even a minority report, like he's jogging down the street and advertising is bombarding his fucking eyes just in space because they don't even use billboards anymore. It's just like you just run along and at this patch of sidewalk, you're going to get an ad for Viagra. Just, you know, that's what it is. Dude, what about like uh, like the Kendall Jenner or whatever Pepsi? Like when people show like, hey, I'm extremely tone deaf. I don't know what's going on. Like. Here's my commercial. Like, remember that first wave of pandemic commercials, and it'd be like the uh, piano music, the, uh. <laughs> the, and then like the like the sad piano. And it's like we know things are tough. Right? We here at AT and T know things are tough right now. That's why we're only gonna do twenty five percent of late charges for the next. <laughs> like, it's like, it's like uh, we here at uh, dude, Will Will Barry, you're dead. And at a twenty percent discount, yeah. you know what I mean. Yeah, yeah. We here like at Forest every- Lawn, we uh, yeah. Dude, we would love to bury your on. family. We know <laughs> Grandma probably hasn't made it through COVID, and why should she? But we're all the festering shit show, dude. And the whole the whole point of everybody trying to pretend that they were like, I don't know what I thought was weirder though, like the commercials that were just like, yeah, let me jump in your face and we'll talk about stuff two inches from each other and be in the inside space and be doing stuff. Yeah, like, I don't know what was more offensive, I, like the I'm ones a, that acknowledged it, the ones that didn't. I, I love the CEOs that were like, you know what, we shot this thing, we put a lot of money into it. I'm not, <laughs> I'm not we're not veering off the course right now. <laughs> Absolutely. And you know, dude, and fucking thank God because, dude, it's not fun being reminded of it nonstop. Like, dude, fuck any TV show or movie right now trying to fucking, oh, we got to do a COVID. Oh, two people falling in love during the time of COVID. Fucking Woody Allen and Diane Keaton's ancient pussy. Oh, yeah, that's a real hit. That's a rom-com people want to see. And fucking, dude, and some shithead fucking sitting there going, no, I don't want to. This is not entertaining. Watch a fucking creepy old pedophile and some lady in a pantsuit run around New York for an hour and a half. Well, dude, the ones the ones that I really hate are like when it's it's always that I don't like when they solve old people's problems with sex, but I also don't like when like their problems are are, are like I just think you should reconcile that you're an airplane pilot with your son's uh, desire to be a skateboard magnet maker. You know what I mean? Whatever. <laughs> they got this hella mature thing that they got to work out to solve the problem. Like, let these old fuckers have some passion and make it realistic. I think it's mostly in television now. But did you ever notice on these, like, fucking, like, dr- I, especially the network drama shows kind of thing? But, like, no one's kid is ever, like, yeah, uh, he fucking got his degree in whatever and manages a blockbuster now. No one... That kid does not exist on television. It's or even in movies really. It's like these people always like like name a comedy movie. The best friend's always like a fucking doctor or a lawyer. There there is something uh oh th- that reminds me. Dude, I, I heard this thing. It was like a lot of the people in the media now are rich. So it really doesn't matter what side of the aisle they're on, they're coming at it from like a defend the richie riches perspective. Yeah, and I think that really qualifies here because like media is supposed to call shit out, whoever, you know, what I'm saying that's that's what it's funny that like when people start shitting on movies, it's almost like they feel like they're doing that, accomplishing that goal of yeah. being like, I'm the truth. We need to release the everybody cut. 
you know, those type <laughs> people. And, and they're just like so about about it. Like that's their evangelicism. That's their God. That's their like, I am on this track and I'm going about to do it. And I just think if we kind of, I don't know, evolve that, it would be a lot better. Yeah. Well, but it's just like, like most characters, like most, side, especially side characters, it's like, like, dude, oh, Jerry O'Connell plays a hapless, you know, fucking circus fucking monkey in this new rom-com. And, and then it's just like, oh, but his brother, you know, the guy playing his brother, it's like, oh, his brother happens to be Supreme Court justice. Like, it's just. It's always something like that, dude. It really is. It's like, it's even if it's like, and it, check it out. If you open up on a, to just the worst DJ and he's like in his own vomit laying on stone steps, right? <laughs> and he wakes up and he stumbles to make himself a screwdriver with vomit on his face. And he washes it <laughs> off a little bit in the sink and then and sips his screwdriver and then cracks open a Coors Light and goes out onto his fucking porch. <laughs> that type of <laughs> that type of GGN, okay? It would cut to the next scene. The fucking president picks up, puts down the phone. Damn it, Donnie's in trouble again. It all you have to be related to somebody rich, yeah, or powerful or something to be a truly fucked up character. That's the only way they could even. You know what I'm saying? They, they like can't, yeah, they, they can't rationalize that there's just fucking low-level fuck-ups out there like me. Right. <laughs> like like right. a person like me is a real person that exists. Like these people can't even like they like especially like on some of these like that's why I say like network shows because I feel like it, like like for example when uh TV characters kids are juniors going to college next year you know it's every TV show they can never get the rights to the kids actually going to a real college so the season <laughs> where the kids in the senior year of high school is always the season where it's like juniors applying to Stanford Georgetown Harvard in uh, Yale and Columbia <laughs> and you know and then. And then it turns out, uh, see, next season, Junior's going to Cal U or some generic yeah. fucking, <laughs> some generic state school that they had to flip to all of a sudden the plot because they couldn't afford to actually, yeah, Stanford's not paying for, uh, use their likeness on a bad TV show. But like these writers have been rich for so long. Some of these guys in these spots have just been working on these shows for 20, 30 years or whatever. And they're just so out of touch with regular shit. Like... Well, I mean, I think I think that's one thing I uh, I don't know. I bumped into when I was watching kind of some of the hangover shit a little bit uh, and some of the uh, some of a lot of comedies where it's just like if this guy wasn't an upper middle class, basically white dude, he'd be arrested in two seconds. Yeah. All this fun you guys are having is like something I can't even relate to being able to do. Like dude, it's totally I'll, ridiculous. I'll give you another Todd Phillips movie example. Old school. Because mm, Luke, yeah. Luke Wilson's a lawyer with a team of lawyers behind him at his firm. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Vince Vaughn's a fucking uh, owns a fucking chain of stereo stores where he's able to pull all kinds of shady deals to, to get them stuff and get them access places. Mm -hmm. And I don't know what Will Ferrell does in that, but it, he was clearly loaded. <laughs> I mean, but but you know what? And, and just I don't I don't want I again I don't want to defend that or white devils advocate it. But I think they're trying to say, like, hey, if you get those type of connections, you can fuck around all day and oh, do whatever you do want, whatever. be as degenerate as you want. <laughs> I'm trying to it'll take it, it'll, yeah. The most, de I was talking about this on the last episode with David Borey, but most, one of the most degen things I'd probably do is fucking, if I was super rich, get me, a, like, a mongoose 
They find another rich guy with a cobra and be like, hey, dude, let's go to a fucking warehouse, throw these fuckers dude. in a glass cage, and see who comes out on top. I, I don't know, man. You got to think either bigger or smaller than that. Because, frankly, I've seen the mongoose versus cobra. I'm fading the cobra yeah. every time. <laughs> oh, yeah. Unless I got some inside dope. Like, hey, I know a guy, okay? I know a guy who knows a guy who massages the mongoose. Mongoose's soldiers, mongoose's shoulders <laughs> fucked up. I don't want to, you know, I want to get it out in there, but you know, mongoose's shoulders a little fucked up. He's I don't know if he's gonna make it. <laughs> yeah, you it's crazy I mean? how the mongoose takes the cobra down like every time, dude. Like, every fucking time, they just they just have the timing doped out, and I think they're just that's much smarter because you know mammals over reptiles, bitch. <laughs> every day, bro. Every day, <laughs> all day, every day, dude. <laughs> you know what I mean? Unless so you're like, a fucking reptile man like Dick Cheney, and then all bets are off. <laughs> I'll shoot you in the face for complimenting him. <laughs> yeah, dude. Now I'm gonna get a dude. He's probably advanced to drone strikes in the face, dude. It's 2021. Dude, drone striking people in the face, like. <laughs> <laughs> and then he has to apologize. He's like, I was flying my drone. I was just, It's my recreational drone. I don't know why I put a fucking wad of buckshot in it. Oh, and actually, it would be you doing it if we're going to do it like it happened in real life. Be like, oh, man, uh, I'm sorry for getting my face in the in the way of uh, Mr. Cheney's drone. Uh, I do apologize. I was in Central Park. I shouldn't have been. You know what I mean? You <laughs> like, apologize to him. Hey, because I've been working on a script, and I don't want to fucking like, say too much about it. But like, one of the characters I'm writing in is like, most of these dudes are just going to be like regular type dudes, you know? But the one guy who's like, instead of like, oh, he's the well-connected lawyer, I'm just going to make this guy a former special like forces like guy. Because that's almost more fucking realistic and relatable than like doctors and lawyers for people nowadays. Like, uh, Yeah. And also like just people, I want to see more. I was in the army and didn't get to do shit characters that get to be the hero in movies. I, I love, see, that's part of what I'm doing here is like, I, yeah. I, I'm special forces, but never served in a war kind of thing yeah, kind yeah, of vibe yeah, and it's I, like I, so love it. I have all the training right <laughs> it's like no, it's time I for me it. to be a badass like, yeah i love it i really love it because that's like and you got a place for the character to go enough said that shit is great and uh it's like that's kind of the next the next level i think of of like movies and jazz but like like you were saying earlier it isn't about like just trying to make everything be exactly like you want it to be it's just like at a certain point you know what your taste is and like there are people who think that Marvel movies are repetitive and have no stakes. And if I didn't like Marvel characters, I might be able to see that criticism. But yeah. I do like Marvel characters from way back when reading comic books. And I just I, I guess I swear I'm I'm part of the Marvel youth. Fuck it. I'll get a I'll get a I'll get that haircut. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> you know, <laughs> no, it, totally, you know? dude. Like, I mean, no, or like uh um not all the way, not all the way. Like I wouldn't I don't think I would I don't think I would shoot anybody or kill anybody. I would, I would mess around a Jojo rabbit at that point. But as far as marching around and thinking it's fun, I love Marvel. <laughs> well, yeah, no, it's like uh, you ever seen the movie Hero, Dustin Hoffman, where he teaches his kid at the end. He's like, everybody's full of shit. You find your layer of bullshit, and that's what you stick with. And, and absolutely. And that's absolutely. it's kind of what it all is, dude. And like, I, I don't know, like. I feel like there there is a market for like these kind of like weird films that we're talking about, but like, dude, one thing I think they need to bring back is like just the classic. Because I've been watching, I was watching Caddyshack, like, dude, like recently, mm. and like like that and Animal House, where dude, it was a specific slobs versus snobs. Here's a bunch yeah. of fuck ups. 
Yeah. Here's a bunch of fucking rich snobs. Here's yeah. where the fuck like, and I don't know. Like maybe it's like you said how all these people in the media now are coming from rich people, where it's all snobs versus snobs shit in a lot of ways. Dude, it's 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 uh, that's what I'm saying. Like so so many movies are like. I am about to be the executive director at a magazine, but this chick is cock blocking me. At the same time, my husband is trying to get onto the Los Angeles Rams, and there's yeah. some black guy <laughs> trying to cock block him. And we're gonna defeat them and make them look stupid at the end. And he's gonna win the Super Bowl, and I'm gonna cover it in my magazine. Yeah, yeah. It's like, <laughs> who the fuck is relating to Dude, that? That's the sequel who to Girls Trip, right? <laughs> Right, you know what I'm saying? Who the fuck relates to that type of shit? That is too aspirant, yeah. frankly, for my blood. Yeah, like I do. I thought of an idea years ago, just because I always thought I'm a big fan of the 1979. Even year I was born, so I didn't really see them play, but 1979 Pittsburgh Pirates, because they wore those colorful ass uniforms, and it's like fucking Willie Stargell and fucking uh, dude Dave Parker, and like mm-hmm. dude, it's some dope mm-hmm. fucking like. Dude, Dave Parker had his like big afro sideburns peak, dude, pimping it out. We're in the mm-hmm. if you if you hear me and the boys bop, you know, if you hear that, it's just me and the boys bopping t-shirt. Like, yeah. Dude, yeah. like he's a pimp, the cobra himself, right? Like, but like, dude, so just set like a basic rom com about a working class dude in Pittsburgh trying to win over a fucking other working class girl in Pittsburgh. Backdrop set during the 1979 Pittsburgh Pirate season. As they kind of come out of nowhere, and mm-hmm. and when and and come down come down like they come out of nowhere where they were last place in the standings I think in like May or whatever, and they rally Dude. to win the division, and then mm-hmm. they go down. I know they go down three to one in the series of the Orioles, so it just looks like when they're done, they come back and win. Like there's a comeback element to it, and if you just kind of yeah. frame this this like love story around that, bam and. And We Are Family by Sister Sledge was their team's theme song. Bam, you have the hit wedding song for the closing scene. Like it, it, dude, that's it. That's a sweet little fucking $25 million movie. Yeah. And that's mostly because it's a period piece. Well, I mean, I think, I think it would go up to like, I think it might slip up into the 30s because we're going to have to digitally duplicate the 400 people to make up 5 billion people in the state. Like to really get that rocking effect, you're going to have to have a lot of extras, dude. Yeah. Like in some of those games, you know what I'm saying? I mean, you know what I'm saying? Like that just the place is rocking and it's genuine because I was watching that uh, JLA movie, the four hour cut, and they had like fucking, uh, uh, cyborg uh victor stone and his uh civilian identity or whatever uh he was playing a football game and he just did a straight vince young like he dropped back nobody was open he just decided to shake everybody the whole team <laughs> and stiff arm fools into the dirt and just and, and end up in the end zone like trucking a linebacker or a strong safety into the end zone you know as a quarterback just real vince young shit and he's like whoa won the day and he takes his helmet off and it's the 15 yard tip penalty but nobody gets penalties in the jla universe and he lifts his hands up and everything and it was just so fucking phony and obviously shot at like two square feet of you know what i mean yeah it was just so it, it didn't have the feeling of a real stadium full of do you know what nuts. fucking has a great stadium stadium feeling in a movie is the ending of major league yes exactly see you see what i'm saying that you, stadium you is it. fucking pumping in that dude you get it you get it exactly and yeah i know you're right dude you know where they actually shot that that wasn't even shot in cleveland that was shot in old milwaukee county stadium huh Fun fact, I did not know that. Yeah, it's like how the Angels played at Dodger Stadium in, Na- in Naked Gun for some reason. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Naked Gun, uh, th- like, th- you know what's funny about getting old is, like, people that you remember as cool 
turned out to be terrible all the time. Oh, like Bill and then Cosby. Just like, and then you have a uh, no, like OJ. Oh Again, yeah. Like like because like well, and not even on some, <laughs> uh, not, and not even on the murder jazz even, just on some regular guy stuff. OJ is kind of terrible. You know, yeah, what I mean? even dude. if you took the murder out, OJ's kind of scuzzy. And, and, He's and, just and, like and, a cokehead, like a former cokehead <laughs> disco guy. You know, it's just it's just really funny to me. How, like like there are I don't know. He's in this world and he gets to do what he wants. Like, dude, that dude got vaccinated quick as hell. Yeah, and OJ got vaccinated before a lot of people. <laughs> dude, he's one of my neighbors. Dude, he I live I seriously live like five ten minutes from him. Dude, we should just we should just go hang out. I know you, you come out here and I I tell every guest to come hang out with me out here, dude. I know the wine bar where he hangs out at. So, you want to go fucking OJ hunting? I'm your guy, dude. I, I've I've done my research, dude. Like, figured it out. And I've I talked to local bartenders. Like when I like when I especially when I first moved here, pre-COVID, I was fucking talking to all kinds of local bartenders, going like, "Hey, does OJ hang out here? Does OJ hang out here?" <laughs> well, dude, what I where I was going with that OJ shit before I lost my train of fucking thought. Uh, that scene where he as Nordberg. Uh, is on that ship and and he breaks in on these guys and he tries to stop these criminals they like look up they're all all different manner of criminals and pirates are in this room he's got one little gun on them and they got a billion guns and they start shooting him and he like stumbles against the wall and the wall is wet paint and he goes oh <laughs> and he stumbles away from that and gets in a waffle iron and all this fucked yeah. up shit starts happening to him this and he just it was the funniest shit I'd ever seen in my life for like years. You know what I mean? So <laughs> yeah. that, that is still with me. He murdered two people. He didn't. He's a, he represents policing in America or he doesn't, or he did And whatever, whatever you think that guy's the funniest guy in the world. To me. <laughs> that seems Dude, hilarious. My brother, my brother and I always used to joke about how like, it'd be really funny if I'm like one of those like scary movie sequels, like scary movie six or whatever they're on now to just like have OJ like, pay him whatever his day rate is to just have him creeping with the knife and like the 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 ski cap and the gloves like just have him creeping in the shadows with the knife and it's just like hey is that oj simpson it's just like like like, like have norm mcdonald say hey is that oj simpson over there <laughs> Dude, i wonder what his day rate for that would be besides like if he has any backbone that day rate would have to be like one billion dollars. <laughs> I mean, honestly, I bet you you can get that day rate for like five hundred grand. You go ha half a million on that. Be like, hey, dude, dude you don't, you don't have to do any art project. It's it's kind of in the vein of what if you did do it? And he's like, oh yeah, I'm very familiar with that concept. Yeah, I know all about <laughs> creeping around at night with a knife. <laughs> And then writing a book about it. And now y'all making a movie out of it. This is great. Dude, or like like with a dude, go back to like conspiracy stuff, dude. What about the conspiracy that OJ Sun did it? Well, I mean, part of me goes, okay, this is the this is the thing. Part of me goes, even if that was part of it, that doesn't make OJ not like number one, I don't know how that's not an inside job. You know what I mean? If, if yeah. OJ's son did it. You know what I mean? So I don't know how that makes OJ be clear of it. So well, that's to me, the, I, I think, the yeah. and I've heard that the reason is, is uh, he was upset that she didn't go to his like restaurant opening because he was like a chef at some restaurant or something. Something like that. Yeah, so he goes and ch chops her up like some ham steaks. Yeah, exactly. It's, it's and to so me, dude, ridiculous. like that's an obvious crime of passion. Who's more likely to do that? Uh, a former right. stepson upset about a restaurant opening 
or a fucking former hu- a former husband with a track record of massive violence against this woman who has stalked her, haunted her, done all kinds of horrible things to her, and finally catches her in the moment that he's been waiting for, and he loses his shit. What do you think is more likely? Yeah, exactly. And the whole, like, oh, the DNA was so close because blah, blah, blah. And, and again, I am on the... I don't want to turn any of your listeners off, but I am on the side of fuck it. Thank you, God, that somebody can have enough money to get out of one of these beefs like the whiteies get to get out. I, you know I agree. I mean? I, no, I agree. I, yeah. I just, I, that, that was like a major port in history where it was just like, now it ended up not being as big a victory as a lot of black people thought because they ended up, number one, he's a scuzzy fuck. And number two, he kept doing shit that could have them be able to get him. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, like, and, and like, like trying and, to and rob then, his memorabilia back. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like he kept getting in shit that was like, well, now you can't, you can't buy your way out of everything you do. Like they're gonna get you on. The, they got Capone on tax evasion. Is all yeah. I'm saying. They never get you on the main thing. Yeah. So if he had to just quieted the fuck down and settled down, some white bitch, because he's always got a white bitch, even through all this controversy, every time he takes a picture when he's at a dinner, there's some chick next to him, and it's just like. It's well, really funny to me. It's like John Gotti. The only reason why they got him was because he couldn't keep his mouth shut and fucking and made a point of telling everybody they had to go meet at these old school social clubs and all this stuff where it was like, yeah, they're just going to put a wire where you're for your meeting. You fucking dumbass. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> see, only, I mean, like, if they didn't have a wire, if he was smart and he was just like, all right, I'm going to move from, uh, you know, the meeting's always going to be at a different place. Uh, I only give orders to one person and they give orders to everybody else mm-hmm. kind of thing. Like, mm-hmm. If he was actually smart, you know, no conferences, nothing like that, he would have never got no caught. Calls, no phones. Yeah. <laughs> no, Dude, yeah. It's, I don't know, man. Uh, once you get to that level, though, I just think there's so many ways to fuck up because it's not about you anymore. There's too many other motherfuckers involved. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, once you get to be that organized... It's like the machine could be as well built as it wants to be, but if it has that many parts, it's subject to break down. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, no, dude. Like, uh, no, it's so true. Oh, it's like, dude, uh, and like, dude, even like, it doesn't matter what the realm is, whether it's like gangsters or entertainment or what, like, dude, yeah. like, dude, you should never let your fucking eyes get too big for your stomach. Well, that's a that's the lesson for in all of these movies, and even I think at the heart of some conspiracy theories, I think I think some people believe in conspiracy theories because they feel like like it's like like we talked about before, it it obfuscates their shit they have to do in their life. It puts that off of somebody, but I think it also, on some level, calms them down to be able to like some people use it to calm them down to be like, well, I'll never be able to run the world. So I'll do this instead. Yeah. And that, that this instead is some pretty big stuff sometimes. And uh, I, I just think, I think it's interesting trying to make a fucking uh, a network of anything like all this, like gambling, right? The, the whole, the whole concept of gambling. Hey, come give me your money. I'll hold it for you. And if you win, I'll give it back plus more money. Yeah. Just getting that over on the first caveman must have been the biggest, best Jordan Belfort. Oh, oh yeah, dude. Like, <laughs> like, hey, man. Uh, like, hey, I got these rocks. You throw them against the wall. If they land here, I pay you. If they land here, you pay me. Right. Right. It's just like, <laughs> wow. You, you well, got yeah, me. dude, that's a great fucking thing. I've never thought about that. What do you think the first thing people gambled on was? 
do you think it was animal related or something? Because um, I yeah yeah, it's got to be like some sort of like hunter fucking thing, right? Huh. Like all, I bet you like what we eat, I get a bigger fucking deer than you or some shit. I don't know, like probably something like I'll bet you, probably I'll bet you I can. I bet you it was games of like skill throwing shit at stuff, right? Like it's like, like dart, like darts, spears, spear darts, whatever that. Yeah, would be. I'll bet you my the the big piece of meat at dinner tonight. Mm-hmm. And like that I can throw this into this. Or really, area. I mean, if you think about it, it's probably like like tribal combat shit to the fucking decide who the fucking oh. dominant male was. It's like, oh, I think it's this guy. Well, I think it's that guy. Well, I'll bet you to be yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You and me, like, <laughs> dude, no. See, like, you and me would not be trying to compete to be the ultimate alpha male in one of these th- situations. We'd be uh, sitting over to the side, going, "Hey, who do you who do you like in this thing?" <laughs> dude, I'd be like, "Hey, I'm I'm fading Uruk. Uruk is pretty yeah. tired from a, a couple of battles, and then uh, when that mo- that prehistoric moose came, that one day fucked him up a little bit. Oh, Uruk's the man, dude. Chobu's got nothing, dude. He's I." <laughs> I saw him trying to, I saw him trying to skim stones across the lake, and he looked like a pansy. I, I got you on that. I'll pay, I'll take your action, and bam, <laughs> boom, and then that's the first thing. It's like, oh man, and then just looking across the fire, you, like, like literally human. Chicken. And dude, that's why we know society's collapsing with the rise of UFC because we just got back to human cockfighting that we originally started gambling on. <laughs> hey, time's a flat circle, man. <laughs> Oh man! Oh, dude, we're go- okay, man. So I don't know. Do you want to keep going for a little bit? Uh, hey, I'm I'm down if you're down, and and yeah. obviously I'd love to give you more for you to edit down. Yeah, yeah, no, dude, I I don't do much editing on these. I basically just throw them right up, dude. And it, it, it I like it that way. I like it to be a little bit more unfiltered. It's not it's not like we're sitting here, uh, like using a bunch of slurs or anything, dude. It's not like a, oh yeah, of course. You know, it's not like a this is the cancel hour. Even though David Bory <laughs> on the last episode. Said some things about the Irish Pollocks. <laughs> well, God bless him. <laughs> and, you know, he basically said Pollocks are orangutans, which I got to say is pretty fucking funny, dude. Like, <laughs> oh, man. Uh, you got to have a. Do, I, you know what? I think uh, the Italian slurs are the funniest because the Italians have such a great reaction to being. When somebody is racist against Italians, it hits them in this special place because they're part black. Now I have a, uh, yeah, I have a <laughs> Italian grandmother or whatever. My grandma's half. A, I think my grandma's half Italian actually, but like, uh, yeah, I'm like four point seven percent African. I think it was. <laughs> yeah, dude, I'm telling you, dude. If she if she was in or around Sicily or surrounding territories, yeah, they're from I'm Sicily. Sorry, yeah, yeah. Italy ain't that fucking big. Like, there's the boot and the little island and the this and that. It's not some giant place where when the shit went down with the Moors, yep. all I'm saying is if you ain't, if you're not one of those super redhead burning the sun Italians from up north, you probably got some Negro. <laughs> and same with the Irish, because I'm Irish. I'm I have part. I have Irish blood too, and like the Black Irish, like the redhead Irish, the fair skin Irish, they're one, but the other Irish, that's from the Moors. <laughs> yeah. So all I'm saying is, so like basically, uh, I think if somebody was fading the Moors. They're like, hey, I don't think the Moors are gonna take it. <laughs> and next thing you know, his wife's getting fucked. I was like, oh no! Ah oh, shit! I lost my wife to the Moors. 
<laughs> the, the, more, the more is worth plus 35. Plus, <laughs> no, the, plus, the, over plus, a... plus, plus 350. I should have taken it. God damn, why did I take it? Now I got to raise someone else's kid. Uh, it's, the whole, <laughs> it's the whole thing. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> Dude. Oh, the, I could have had it. Moore's plus three fifty. Oh. We didn't. We didn't really count. You know how. No, you Italian. Know. You got some good. You got what, like Wop, Guinea, Ginzo, uh, Goomba. Uh, <laughs> yeah, there's a. Uh, I mean, Wop was always special to me. Greaseball. Yeah, I, I. I wish. I wish Wop hurt like the N word does because <laughs> I would love it. Like that. It's because it, it's. It's like it's like funny. It goes back to the without without papers and yeah. also uh, the early days of doo wop where Italian kids were basically competing with black kids for doing doo wop. It's, it's got a lot of meanings for from that. Exact yeah, and how all these like Italian fucking um like record like quote unquote record producers, aka the mafia. Like basically mm -hmm. stole songwriting royalties from all these like young mm -hmm. black entertainers and shit. Like mm -hmm. a lot of Jewish and Italian dudes stole a lot of money from young black entertainers. Yep. Cause how are you going to get your record out on fucking on the street press? You know, yeah. <laughs> like, like, and there, and there's a lot of people going like, we have to like rise ourselves out of it. isn't about entertainment. You got to, you know, raise yourself up, be doctors, be, be this, be that, you know what I'm saying? And there's a whole pocket of kids who are just like, I still want to entertain. It's like, we could do more than entertain. I know that, but I still do want to entertain. entertain. <laughs> 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 I had to have a whole bunch of fifties conversations about, I understand that can be what I want to be, but not really, but I want to be yeah. an no, entertainer. This is legit what I want to be doing. Like, right, like, not something I'm. Sh I feel like I'm shuffled into because I I've been having a pre pre ascribed role. It's not. Yeah, it's not some. I'm here to tap dance for you, massa. <laughs> like, right. It's just like I, I am here. Uh, I am here to let you explore my art, and I've already been paid half of my fee, and I'll be paid the second half in about thirty minutes. Yeah. Here we go. Yeah, dude. Like, no, it's funny, man. Like, that's what I love about podcasting now. Is like. Cause remember before how many gatekeepers you had to deal with in comedy? I mean, the th the thing about there being a couple of people that you have to convince that you're funny or hang out with enough until they think that you're funny, uh, I think that that perception has damaged comedy for a long time, and it definitely is based in truth, definitely, yeah, that's a fact. But uh, I just think that's why I you're right. That's why uh, podcasts are really special because like if you know funny people, you can put on funny shows and you can have people. You know, you can't do stand-up comedy in somebody's ear while they're biking up a mountain, but we just did it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, to a certain degree. Yeah, or whatever people are doing while they're listening to this. Yeah, I know. And it's like, we didn't need to have go through a club, a venue, and a booker and all that. It's, hey, you got a mic and some headphones and a computer and an internet connection, and so do I. And, you know, <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> like... Like let's yeah. let's make the most of it. Well, we can make a show out of that. Like we don't have to. That's why, like with Zoom comedy, like I don't know why so many people were trying to do stand up during this. It's like, dude, just fucking get really good at podcasting or like front facing camera, like YouTube videos, or you know, like <laughs> there's so many other avenues to do. Like to me, I don't want to do waste waste stand up material like where I don't get the immediate laugh from the audience. That's why I do that. I want to hear that laugh. <laughs> Right. And, and, and I don't want to see. But that was one thing. I mean, I got invited to like one um, kind of drive in show. I wish I had done it. But at the same time, uh, I heard back. It was like a little bit, you know, a little bit frosty, a little bit like the blinking lights were them saying that they were like you and stuff. And it's just like, 
I don't know, man. I got I got to get that. Just I need particles on me. I guess is yeah. what I'm saying. As far as comedy, no, I, I get need it, particles dude. on me. I get, it. dude, because uh, my buddy Chris Durant um had me my my show Bowser's Castle. We did a special version of it to open up the digital Savage Henry Comedy Festival this year. It was like the face, oh. the opening like Instagram or Facebook Live show or whatever. One like one of their big ones, okay. And it was like a fun lineup of like, dude, like Cornell and Sean and Paul. It was like it was like it was a f- and like my a uh, few other comics of our friends and stuff like uh, like Humboldt comics I'm friends with. So a really fun show, really fun vibe. But I just kind of like at the beginning, I was like, does everybody want to try and do a set here, or do you guys just want to do like a roundtable hangout? And then everyone was like, let's do a roundtable hangout. And I think that was way funnier than us just sitting there trying to do a set for each other. Us sitting there uh, riffing yeah. off each other, dude. Like, yep, yep, yep. And, that, and that's that's uh, it's so funny. People have always said that like comedy was a team sport, and you don't realize it until you get into it. Like, if if comics and people who like comics and take comics opinion in uh, in hand do not fuck with you at all, you will not make it. Yeah, there's right. nobody that that, saunt, that saunters in out of the winter. You know what I'm saying? It sl- pushes open the, the the door. Goes, I am Nanook of the North. I will succeed in comedy. It ain't never fucking happened. It ain't never. No, happen. no. It's always, dude. Everybody sucks their first few open mics. Like, and even when you think you're getting better, no, you just finally got a laugh. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and just, I'm just talking about like, the, I mean, that there's that part of it too, like the actual craft of it. But I'm saying like. People need to fucking like you, bro. Yeah. (laughs) It's so funny that that's like a straight up requirement because it's required for the job. So it's almost like people require it off stage. It's like, yeah, I love you, baby. Well, we we started doing comedy before Twitter and Facebook and all that shit. But like, see, like back then, like MySpace was around, but it wasn't about like, I don't know, like people weren't like, no one liked the book, the comic because that comic was MySpace famous. It's because you've seen him uh, at the yeah. mics and you've yeah. seen him fucking get laughs and you like him for who you, you know, you think they're funny. And, you know, like, and it's so weird where now it's like, dude, there's people that like get the headline comedy clubs at places just because it's like, hey, they, they got 200,000, tw- they got 200,000 followers. And so their first time doing comedy is like fucking headlining. And all these people come out mm-hmm. to see him that maybe normally wouldn't have gone to a comedy show and they see a really bad show. And now they don't want to go back and see comedy again. Well, I mean, but that's been the constant refrain from, you know, from us old folkies for a while. Like, it, I remember the first people who taught it to me, you know, it's, it's almost like coming down from the mountains with these 15, I mean, with these 15, 10, ten commandments. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, 10 commandments. <laughs> yeah, dude. It's, it's like, it's like, it does get passed down to you that basically the reason why it is that way is that these people that control it and it sucks and everything. But I'm here to say, I think overall, it's just part of the job that a lot of people don't like. And I frankly don't like. So that's why I feel so free with the podcasting stuff. I can be funny with my buddies and all of the, the green room is funnier than whatever stage show that the audience gets. Absolutely. And I want to kind of get into that market of like, uh, uh, procuring and curating those level conversations no yeah i dude like the conversations with the comics at the bar are always way funnier than the actual show most of the time like there's no lack of genuine there's no they are who they are 
there's yeah. any artifice there there there's i mean just a little bit because they're comics and they, they want to get the shit off but at the same time when you when they when you got a good group of friends that are comics they give each other the runway to do some interesting things and to, for us to build riffs off of and stuff you know what i mean yeah no yeah totally like dude like and it's also funny like like one of the things too is like comics will rip on each other way harder than normal people do and like <laughs> and like like and it's just one of those things where it's like I don't even think about it sometimes when like I'll start rip, ripping on someone like at work or whatever, like I would a comic, and it's just like, oh yeah, wait, dude, that's not, that's not. I'm in, I'm in society with normal people. Like, this isn't like yeah, this is dude. not how. Cause like sometimes you just take like, oh, like, oh, what's the worst? Like, oh, I'm gonna go for the immediately best joke, and sometimes it's the meanest joke. <laughs> dude, but but that and that's the thing. That's why comedians are sharks and not in some super corny way in this exact way sharks can't t touch anything they just sort of grab it with their mouth and their <laughs> mouth is full of deadly shit yeah. and so <laughs> comics are just like every interaction is just this deadly shit and that's just what it is that's that's how we experience the world so yeah that's what that's what we are like to be around a shark even if we're curious about something just want to test it out it fucked you up and hurt you. Yeah, no, especially dude, because like it's never gone good for me when someone's like, "Hey, I hear you're a comic. Uh, can you tell me a joke?" It's just like, "Nah, uh, this isn't." Yeah, just this, this just is... talk to me for about another three minutes. Yeah, and I'll have enough material. Yeah, about how you suck. Yeah, 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 yeah. You, you just say a couple of things and I'll start making fun of you. And like, I actually, that, some guy went up to me at a bar once. I was like, "Oh, tell me a joke, dude." I've seen you do comedy before. Tell me a joke. And I was like, I don't know your fucking shoes. <laughs> your, fucking, your general demeanor. You're, you seem like a fucking joke, dude. I don't want to fucking talk to you. Get the fuck away from me, dude. <laughs> well, I think it's also just the, the, the instant demeaning of the art of whatever you're trying to do. Yeah. That's, that's the tell me a joke crowd. It's like, uh, pip, pip. Do it, do it. Chop, chop. Uh, chop, chop, uh, do it. chop, chop, sir. Give it, give it, give me the joke, uh, dude. Yeah. Like, like, uh, I, I, I need to start asking more people like the worst shows they've ever done. But one of the worst shows I've ever done, I, I, it was fun because it's like a memory, and I'm never free to get this night. But like, uh, when Alex, uh, Masrovian and Doug Perkins, you saw that host that show on Karma Lounge over on Beverly Boulevard. Remember that place? Yes. Yeah. Okay. So they had a monthly there. And Alex kind of got bored doing his monthly set at his monthly show that he helped book. So what we started doing was me, him, and Decker started doing a thing called the Comedy Centipede. And it was just the three of us. And it started with us just doing, like, one after another. We'd get in the line, and we'd just do one-liners. And then we worked it into, and we'd, go, we'd start saying, Centipede after, and, like, move our arms around and, like, make it look all weird. But, you know, it's like the movie Human Centipede, but we do it with jokes instead of sewing, <laughs> sewing our mouths to our assholes. <laughs> and, um, so we're doing that bit, okay? And we had a lot of fun. That bit always killed because, and I realize why, because we're only doing one quick joke each. And so even if you don't like the last joke I did, you'll like, you'll like one of the next two and I'll, it'll be refreshed by the time it comes back to me. Yeah, dude, you know what I just really realized? And I'm not going to prove it. Just trust me. All right. I would lose that contest in one instant because all of my one-liners are racist. <laughs> <laughs> like, instantly I would <laughs> lose that there. Oh, most of mine are about like AIDS or 9-11, dude. So, I mean, I'm not doing much. <laughs> I'm not batting at a much higher percentage there, dude.
But dude, like, uh, so we're doing that, right? And uh, they they double that this particular night though they double booked that show with speed dating. Danky was there too. Uh, Danky and Matt Knudsen that were there too. Knudsen, I can't remember who else was on the lineup, but it was like so we're doing the centipede. Perkins uh, is hosting, and like Knudsen <laughs> goes up, and like Danky goes up, and like dude. So when we're doing the centipede, uh, my old joke about how uh, uh, I got molested by a by a little kid uh, by a little league coach. But that incident damaged him more than me because after it was over, I was like, my scoutmaster has a bigger dick than you do. And like, <laughs> dude, like I say that in front of the speed dating crowd, like right as stuff's going on. So it's just like, it's the worst situation ever. But I was thinking about this the other day because uh, Paul Danky made me laugh so fucking hard on this because when he was doing his set, the bell rang that they rang for people to get up and go to the next person at speed dating. The bell rings and Paul just goes, dinner time <laughs> he starts like like putting his tongue between his fingers like he's eating pussy it was one of the funniest fucking like like one of the funniest bad shows you're like dude there's plenty of bad shows where just like yeah i'm doing shankman's show at the bowling alley in front of three people and that old lady that would buy a pizza and if she liked your set would give you a slice no yeah i know what i'm getting when i go into that that's just gonna there's not gonna be many people there but at least i'll be able to work out some new beats or whatever like well just just that and that is the thing that i'll say uh that encapsulates all of this jazz being a comedian you're not that far from being a dj period no. because you're around degenerates all the fucking time they're literally responsible for your job like if drunks didn't need to be slightly entertained in between peanuts there wouldn't drinks, be comedy yeah there wouldn't be comedy at all and so so you have to do your shit on all terrain people play bingo during your shit people watch the lakers people do whatever the fuck they're gonna do during your sets for a long time and even when you're in in in, in uh theaters unless you're dave chappelle they're looking at their phone or something. It's yeah. Like, you're, you're never getting 100% of anybody's like attention anymore on most days. Even and when you do get that special thing, it's super awesome. But I'm just talking about regular, regular level comedy. Got to be an all terrain vehicle. You're in all, all these humbling situations. Yeah. And I'm sorry if I'm going to take a Sharks versus Jets position on any art form. Like comedians are at least as degenerate as they are. They're at least humble. Like they, they get. You that, have to be, dude. You like, know what I mean? You, you get your dick handed to you so hard. I always said, I used to say, like, uh, doing stand-ups, like, getting pussy, where you need to have a lot of confidence, but be, like, humble about it. Uh, yeah, yeah, I think that's pretty fucking perfect, dude. Uh, yeah, you have to... Dude, I think that's fucking dead on, man. Like, you gotta, like, you gotta be confident, but you... You, you gotta have the ultimate confidence, but you, you gotta, like... Because, like, dude, there's nothing... And we've both seen this... Uh, Dude, each of us have seen this a thousand times, no joke. Uh, uh, probably 5,000 between the two of us. Of just that bad guy, whether it's a comedy club, open mic, whatever. But that person who sucks, that has so much goddamn confidence. And it's fucking like, you're like, oh my God, how how could you go up there with that confidence for this? Like, like dude, like I doubt everything I do nonstop all the time, every day. And it's like I, I don't know how I it's like I have enough confidence to get on stage and talk. Like I can I can I have that confidence, but it's like Well dude, you I, know, all I know is a lot of confidence, no expectations. I think that's the the way no, I used to put it. Yes. No, that no that that's really good. A lot of confidence, no expectations because you know it can go any type of way. And if you decide to think about it in any particular direction from 
super great to super horrible, a lot of times that can mess with your ability to be in the moment and make it super great yep. or super horrible. Yeah, yeah. It, it can mess up both of those. You can end up being mediocre. And that's the worst thing you could do. Truly horrible. <laughs> yeah. You could have been truly horrible or truly great, but you're fucked up and made it mediocre. I have done that to so many sets, like corporate type gigs and anywhere where I'm at, where something's throwing me off. I go into this weird turtle mode where the jokes come out and I even make some good in room observations, but I am obviously scrambling for my life like a cat on a woman. Oh, dude. Uh, you know, I've definitely done that a few times where it's like, oh, they clearly don't like me like three jokes in. Like, and like, maybe I open up with some darker stuff or whatever. But yeah. I have this horrible habit when that happens of just digging myself in a deeper hole. Like, oh, you don't like that one, motherfuckers? Well, this next one's even worse. Yeah. <laughs> you got to steer into it. I mean, as Patrice used to say that all the time. But like, yeah, I would rather do that, it. dude, in every one of those situations. Because, like, there, dude, every time I ever have ever done that, there's always been, like, four people that walked up to me after and were like, hey, that was one of the funniest things I've ever seen. Like, everybody, no one else got it. I got it. And then you kind of meet, make a fan for life in that moment. Exactly. I mean, I think that's how uh, all of our fandoms start as we're young and comedy and we're trying to, you know, know the people we're going to know for fucking years. It's just those like, hey, man, that was some crazy shit. Yeah. What's up? You know, it's like you both got fucking uh, college notebooks looking like fucking dorks. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> It's so yeah, I, it's so true. I take though. my comedy so seriously. I have all my jokes. I have all my jokes written down, and I say them into the mirror. I have all my jokes. I'm gonna, and then you get up there, you're just like, so what else? What else? What else? Yeah. That at that level of comedy, you start beating people who are gonna be fucking famous, who are gonna be fucking great at comedy and not famous. Fucking washouts who have a kid or go be an actor or something. You're gonna have so many different shit like that happen through comedy. And it's just a good way to prime yourself for like yeah like i have plenty of yeah, i have plenty of famous friends but like do my non-famous friends are funnier like Dude, in turn it's, in it's com always the way it's always how it's gonna be too like the friend that doesn't blow like do you know who's one of the funniest dudes back in the open mics to me like when i first started and still is and i said this when he was on the show is ben cavett oh, dude i mean there's so many people who have like a particular style that is so fucking cool and they really they really dedicate themselves to being this particular artifact and it's like it comes off to some people like uh you know super deep dish pizza with a bunch of shit in it like if you like that you fucking love that yeah but it but the average american thinks pizza is a floppy thing you fold or it comes out of a goddamn microwave so if you do one of those things or, or it can be hot well and, and dude there's a, a certain comic you know I mean? well and yeah there's a certain comics that are like the comics comics yeah, and it's and, like and, and it's like and how like so you say a certain dish that's a chef's dish, right, 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 right. That's sea, a sea urchin foam, <laughs> yeah, type shit. <laughs> like to me, like dude, like Fatem to me is like incredible. Josh Fatem yeah. is probably my dude. If someone put a gun in my head, like who's your favorite stand-up? I'd probably say Josh. Like, yeah, he's really he's really funny. I've seen him rock a lot of places where it's just like he just took it over with how he does his shit, you know. Yeah, uh, he, he literally walks up and spends the first four five minutes sometimes just struggling to get the mic out of the mic stand. And it's the funniest fucking shit. And he's like, dude, like I've seen him take Pratt falls where you're like, dude, how do you not break seven ribs on that one? <laughs> like, dude, because he's my age, dude. Like he's he's in his forties yeah. now. It's like, dude, like, man, how are you still doing that, dude? But I mean, he's just he's so good. Like he's so good at what he does, dude. It's same, I, it's same I, like I Lizzie, love... dude. Lizzie's so good mm. too, like that. Where it's like, dude, 
Yeah. She's so fucking funny. Just her dicking around, pretending to tell jokes while dicking, pretending to play a keyboard is 10 times funnier than most people trying their hardest to do comedy. Yeah. And, th- and that the genius is finding out that that's what you do. Like, I'm still, I know I'm still in the process of finding out exactly, exactly, exactly what I do. But I think that's an important part of it, man. That's a, that's an important part of like being a degenerate or not. If you're <laughs> headed towards somewhere, you know what I mean? Like you got to have a dream, right? You're going to strike that next thing. You're going to hit on 18 and it's going to work out for you. You're going to, that next thing is going to be the shit. You yeah, got to have that feeling. I, I don't know. I don't know. Did I tell you that I'm I got a big thing coming up pretty soon, dude, where I was shot a thing for American Gladiators uh, ESPN 30 for 30. Dude, that is fucking baller, dude. I think you did tell me a little bit about that, but like it's it's just now crystallizing to be 30 for 30s are so cool when they c- cut to different people. I always like remember those people forever. So you're going to be yeah. in that pantheon in somebody's mind. Yeah, no, totally, dude. It's like uh, I'm hoping like I'm trying to do everything, get everything squared away. That's why I'm, I'm upgrading the soundboard next week for the next new episodes. And it's like I'm trying to like dial this in because I I'm, I have a feeling when that hits, I'm going to get a whole new wave of because I kind of asked them, hey, for my graphic on there, for my credit, put my 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 podcast Oh, absolutely. That's the smartest thing you could have done. And it's like, oh, and I, I even said, they're like, hey, anything else you want to say on this? I'm like, yeah, check my show out, the Lux Ups Here podcast. Because I was like, if, dude, if I could just get like 1% of the people that watch that to listen to the show, I could quit my day job. Dude, <laughs> like, dude 1%. And, that, and that's where, to me, that's where it's at. I've, I'm, I'm in that economy as well. I'm trying to get like that one thing, write that one thing, be in that one thing where I could point back to like, yeah, you know my real thing to, to support me in particular and not just some giant soulless company? This little thing I do. Yeah. This little Patreon I do. And yeah. Bing, bing, bang. Subscribe that's to a, my Patreon. I, and, I'll, and the more of you guys that do it, the more fucking dope shit I can make for you and the bigger budget I'll have to make cool shit. And the Illuminati won't fuck me in my ass. Yeah, <laughs> I'm not going to get glory hold by the Illuminati. <laughs> but dude, like, we kind of touched on this earlier, but like that Hinchcliffe thing. I was talking about this with my buddy, and it's like, dude, because like in comedy, like, dude, I think the the number one rule is be oh, funny. Real, real, real quick, I don't want to interrupt you. My girl is like literally here, and I have to like literally go down. Okay, okay, okay. Uh, we'll, but like, let's let's do whatever we're gonna do as a sign off, and then if you want, I'll come back after I do my chores. I'll come back and grab you up or with something else. But uh, yeah, if you wanna. No, yeah, we'll close out because dude, I just realized we're almost at an hour and fifty, man. So we went. This is the, the longest episode. <laughs> now, you're, de- you're definitely. Yeah, but no, I just, more, hey, yeah. so any comics listening to this, dude, don't use slurs. Make up your own slurs. I, I go with glory holer and carny. It sounds like <laughs> I'm being racist and homophobic, but I'm not. <laughs> dude, no, those are really good off-brand slurs. <laughs> <laughs> you, Best dude, foods dude, slurs. People hear that, they're like, I don't do, what did he call me? <laughs> yeah, Exactly. So, uh, Ed, where can people find you on social media and where they can, can they find your podcast? Oh, yeah. Well, uh, my podcast is The Greatest Pod, and we're just talking about things that we think are the greatest. We're not saying we are, but uh, it is pretty good. And I have a Patreon, Patreon uh, for uh, patreon.com forward slash The Greatest Pod. We have art on there from me, and we have uh, a bunch of uh, shows where we get to get into Medusha, kind of like what we're doing here, man, just like really getting nuts on, the, on those ones. And on the, the episodes of The Greatest Pod are just like, is Darth Vader the greatest missed opportunity ever? You know what I'm saying? Is is uh, is Dracula one of the greatest uh, cultural critiques ever? You, you know gotta have me on. You gotta have like me that. on. A, is Eric Roberts the greatest over actor ever? 
Dude, right. it's, dude exactly. I say no, yes. I, I think that's a great one. You come, with, you, cite, you come with some cited sources, and we will fucking have fun on that one because that is absolutely true, and I agree with that assessment, sight unseen, because I've seen him in movies, and you're absolutely right. He keeps dude. it in an extra gear. I mean, I could, dude, I could show you like some of his early work too, like Star Eighty, King of the Gypsies, where you're like, oh no, I've seen oh, Star Eighty. That's yeah. why I accept the assignment. Yeah. <laughs> oh, so I absolutely agree. And where can people find you on Twitter and Instagram? Instagram and shit? Uh, yeah, uh, at Ed Greer Destroys on Twitter and at Ed Greer Destroys on, um, on Instagram and uh, The Greatest Pod, uh, the underscore greatest underscore pod. Uh, I don't think I follow Instagram. your podcast. I need to get on top of that. But uh, please, please do. I'll, I'll definitely. Uh, I got you, I homie. Follow yours, but I got it. I got yeah. it. We'll we'll do it together. Yeah, we'll, we'll dude, we gotta it, make like sure the we... submarine, like the submarine keys. We'll twist them shits together. Like the Avengers of glory holes. We will do it all together <laughs> into another dimension. Uh, um, Ed, thank you so much. You're good catching up, man. I love you, dude, and uh, I hope everything you continue to have fun and keep creating, dude. I love it, dude. Dude, likewise, brother. Thank you so much. All right, man. I will see you later, and thank you so much, everybody. Goodbye.